Welcome back to the Board Game Battles podcast. I'm your host, Randall, and with me are my co-hosts, Ashley. Hello. And Drew. Hello. It's 2020, and it's the beginning. It's our first uh, podcast of the year, and we figured since it's a new, well, not really decade, because they sort of measure the decades a little differently, but since it's we're now in the 20s, uh, we figured um, do a little look back at the last 10 years and um, come up with a top 10 list of... Uh, some of our favorite games, our top 10 games from the last 10 years. I uh, didn't give any kind of real marching orders on this one. I just said come up with a list however you want to do it, however you want to figure out your list so everyone's doing maybe something a little bit different. There probably won't be a lot of overlap, but hopefully um, you know, some of the differences will be uh, interesting and, um, and we'll see how it all uh, rolls out here. But um, so it's going to be, you know, maybe about the same kind of length as one of our normal episodes, but we're not going to have a second talk of it topic. We're just going to be doing our top 10 lists here and, uh, and then that'll be it. So hope you enjoy and we'll get right into it. So um, I guess before we start with the list, I'll just describe the, what I, my, the methodology behind my, my list and then we can each maybe just talk about what our thinking was when we made up our lists. Methodology. Methodology. <laughs> some kind of board game scientist. Yes, right. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now he's ready. I'm ready. Um, no, what I did is I, I, went, I wanted to pick a game from each year. So my top 10 list isn't like necessarily the 10 games I like the most out of the last 10 years. I went through each year. I... I Took a look at uh, Board Game Geek. I went through what was the most, um, the highest ranked games of each year, and tried to decide which game I enjoyed the most from that year. And then once I had something from each year, um, then I ordered them in in my top ten. The ma- yeah, the majority of my stuff is all board games, though I do have an entry in there that's not a technically a, it's not a board game. It's maybe a table game, but not a board game. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what I did. So, uh, Ashley, what'd you do? Uh, I pretty much whatever consistently made it to the table for the last ten years. Mm, like, okay. so there there may have been a game. Uh, no, actually, I think when I checked, most of my games were actually created in the last ten years, like two thousand tens on. Yeah. But it was kind of what did I consistently play and want to play more of, essentially? Because okay. we we played a lot of games, and it can be hard to keep track of the yeah. best ones because we cycle through, and then we have our regular campaign-type games that we play in between. So, I mean, obviously, the ones that you're playing more when you have the chance with, like, different groups and stuff are probably the ones that are a good choice to mm-hmm. always have available. No, I mean, that makes sense. Drew? Uh, I did not pick one from every year <laughs> because I figured if if you know if, if I didn't like a game out of 2019, well you know fu 2019. Um, it, it was it was a little bit difficult because as I as I started thinking about games out of the last 10 years, you know I I I didn't let's say rank them right away, but just you know sort of add them to the list. And um, I, I knew that we were doing a top 10, so I mean that limits you to 10 games. Mm-hmm. And as as I remembered a game, or you know, I, I did a little bit of that too, like looking through, yep. you know, here's the games that were published between 2010 and 2020 on on uh, Board Game Geek, and and you're ranked down the list. You're like, oh, I I totally forgot about that one. That's a great game, and and you have, yeah, oh, yeah. what's coming off the list in favor of this one? And um, so it it wasn't easy, but um, you know, I I think mostly the the approach was was similar to Ashley's. I wanted to make sure that I was um, selecting games that, um, you know, one that I had actually played. I wasn't just going to, you know, go by, let's say, you know, BGG ratings, that kind of thing. Um, you know, also games that, um, you know, I, I tried to get out to the table as much as I, as I could, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was about it. And it was interesting going through the different years, just how many games get published every freaking year. Oh yeah. Um, even back in uh, 2010, you know, and, and I and I filtered out expansions. I just wanted actual games that came out. Um, though I think you see expansions quite often, but quite often sure. when you see expansions, sometimes it's like ones that don't necessarily require the main game to play. It's like another version of the same game, mm-hmm. like Dice Masters. There'd be so many yeah. different versions of Dice Masters. They're not they're not expansions of each other. They're they're totally complete Stand games on their own. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, but even yeah, looking at 2010, when I looked at how many games came out, there was I don't know how many games were on a page, but there was like 30 pages, mm-hmm. and there could have been easily 100 games per page. I don't know. I but think BGG is usually 50. A is, page, it, is it is it default to 50? I think so. Okay, that might be. So that's a lot of games, and I. You know, and maybe in I think was when I started getting to around 2019 and 2018, I started going back in pages. Maybe just because I haven't tried so many of the all the games that have come out. Like last year, there was so much that came out. Yeah. I've only played a handful of last year's games. We're busy catching up on the catalog from ten years ago. From so. ten years ago, whereas <laughs> I like ten years ago, I'm going through the list. Like, oh yeah, that was a great game. That was a great game. That was a great game. You know, there were so many more games I played back then over the last ten years compared to what came out just last year. So, yeah, when you get to the newer years, it does get a little bit harder. Um, well, to, and it's, it's certainly you know, hard to keep up when, you know, you're you're limited by your income. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, Getting that's your hands on the games kind yeah. of thing. Like a lot of the games, well, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of the games that we do on the podcast are just ones from my personal collection yeah. or ones I can borrow from people who I, who I know yeah. have them. So it's... Yeah, I think you know. once or twice we've actually hit like a, a yeah. board game cafe to just because we knew it was in their library. Yeah, and I still look at them. You know, if there's a game I want to compare, I'll look to see if any of the board game libraries have it listed just in case so that I can say, okay, yeah, we could go here and, and, and try the game out. That'd be great. And hope, you know, maybe we'll, it's been a while since we went to a, a had to go to a, a yeah, a it's cafe. been a long time. But you know, maybe we get back out there again. It's it's, it's fun to go out there and, and play games out in public instead of just doing it at our homes <laughs> all the time. But <laughs> maybe we'll we'll see how this year goes. But anyways, let's get into it. Um, let's get into our top ten. So number, number ten. 10. <laughs> um, I'll start. Um, my number ten is from 2012. And it's Lords of Waterdeep. Um, for 2012, you know, there's definitely a lot of good games that came out in that year. But Lords of Waterdeep was one that, even while I haven't been playing it a lot recently, it's still one that I could easily play again. It, it's a sim- it's you know one of those basic worker placements has a really good theme with the uh, with the D and D. You know, you're in the, you're in the middle of Waterdeep and you're one of the lords and you're and you're you know just trying to gained influence around the city and, and well, points and, and whatever. Um, and they had a really good expansion that came a, a few years later that had the uh, the Scoundrels of Skullport, which added um, the treachery into it. Or what, I think it was called Treachery. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the, the negative points you can get, which really helped that game. So um, for me, it was, a, it, was, it was a pretty easy choice for my number 10. Um, it was uh, Lords of Waterdeep. My number 10 wasn't so easy to pick. The one I ended up putting here was purely because I've played it more than my other mm-hmm. choice. So I was considering putting Zulk in here just because we've I've had limited experience with it, but it is an excellent game. Instead, I put XCOM, the board game. Mm. Now, it, it has a drawback in that it is completely reliant on needing the app to play it, which mm-hmm. I can see is an issue down the road. Could be. But for a game that is... It's a four-player cooperative. It's quick. It is varied based off of the different missions you can pay, take, and the the difficulty level is high enough that it's not just you know an easy crush the game and move on. You feel like when you win, it is an accomplishment with that game if you're playing at the right levels. Mm-hmm. So, and then the expansion that came with it that added the like oh god I forget the organ advent I believe it was or something like that the human section faction that worked against them. It, it oh, added okay. an element to it. It actually made the game a little easier as well in some aspects so that it wasn't always crushing defeat, which made it much <laughs> more replayable. But yeah, the, the different roles, like, cause every person plays a different role. So you can change it up by switching, which role you play. You can change it up by the type of mission and how the objectives play out and stuff. So yeah, I put that one at number 10. Excellent. My number 10 was also from 2012, and it's uh, from one of my favorite uh, game designers, Antoine Bauza, Tokaido. Oh, yeah, I did notice that one had come out that time, yeah. Yeah. Um, The the, the artwork in the game is, I I think, absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, I I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, in concept, it's such a simple thing. It's just, you know, journeying down this road and... Um, you know, stopping in at inns and you know eating uh, amazing meals and you know painting pictures and 
um, you know, going to shrines and, and this sort of thing. But but there's there's really something about that game I, I, that you know that the artwork and the um, you know the the simple concept just all sort of gels together for me. Yeah, I, I really love that game. Oh, great. So your number ten is Tokaido. Number nine. My number nine is from two. This was I think my 2010 game. Yeah, it was 2010, and it was Seven Wonders. It, it's one that when I was looking at my my games that I played, like how number of times of games I've played, like a certain games, um, like where we you know Gloomhaven is one that we've played like 56 times because it's a huge campaign game, and it just you know you keep playing over and over and over. But Seven Wonders is one is almost up there, and I think I looking at my plays, it's like 32 to 39 plays if I include certain expansions. Which that's quite a you know that's a lot of plays and it, and I think it's because it's just one of those games it's 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 considered an entry level game to a lot a lot of people and it and it's an easy game to teach it's it's an easy one to bring out to a, a party because it can play up to seven people you have a big you know group outing or whatever seven people is easy to get around a table um, and and we've just had a lot of fun with it so I think it was just a it's an it's a great game and. I, yeah, it's my number nine. I, I still have fun playing it, and I'll, it's one that I'll never get rid of. And every once in a while, they'll come out with an expansion. I'll probably get the expansion just for the hell of it. Um, whether or not I like the expansion, I'll see. But the base game alone is still one that I'll, I'll play. So that's my number nine. Uh, mine here is Gloomhaven. Yeah. So this could have been higher on the list for me just because of the amount of play time we've done with it. But... As we've progressed, the amount of faults in the game have dropped it consistently, in my opinion. Mm. It hasn't dropped off the list because there's a lot of content here. But I I think as you progress, there's a lot of things in the game that either just outright irritate me or the game becomes trivial because of certain classes that are just so much more powerful than the other ones Mm -hmm. that it trivializes the entire game. Right, right. That's my nine. Okay. My nine... uh... It it has an expansion that was also within the same decade. Uh, Terra Mystica mm, was 2012, yes. and Fire and Ice expansion came out in 2014. Um, I'm I'm not very good at these kind of <laughs> games, but you'll 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 see a lot of them on my list. Um, you know, I, I I think when I first got back into board gaming, there was there was a lot of. Um, you know, Ameritrash and you know more almost cartoony kind of games um but but certainly playing with uh randall and uh some other people in the the local you know board game club um sort of helped me develop an appreciation for more complex games that have some depth to it that you know are very challenging uh, i'm still not good at them but i i <laughs> i've i've learned to appreciate them and 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 find a lot of um good fun in playing them and, and terra mystica is, is one of these games that you know, it's it's actually not very hard to play, but it's very hard to play really well. You can, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think yeah. there's some some really good depth in that game, um, and yeah, it's it's the the you know the the times that I played it have been absolutely fun. Yeah. All right. Number eight. My number eight um, is from 2011. So my first three games are all like the older years of the, of this of this list. Um, not that they couldn't have been higher on the list, but when you get to some of the other ones, I don't know if you'll see why. But it's still one of my favorite games, and it's the Castles of Burgundy, a Steffenfeld game. Um, you know, it's one of those ones that's just it's loved in the community. A lot of people just love this game, and, and there's a good reason for it. I think it's one of his most successful ones. You know, he's had plenty of excellent games since. Um, but, you know, he does get the reputation for being a point salad type of um, uh, designer. You know, with lots of different ways to get points. But this one, it just um, it just really comes together really well when you're um, drafting off of the main board and, and building your little duchy um, and building it up. And there's so many different ways you can play it. And even over the years, they've released some little extras for it. Just you know, off of the some quite often off of the Board Game Geek store, there's like a there's even like a, a couple's way of playing, or not couples, but like a duo's way of playing it, where two people are playing on the same board. Huh. It's like these big extra boards. I haven't tried that yet, but it's something I'm you know I'd like to try sometime. 
but because that way I think you can get up to maybe eight play people playing it, or is it because it's normally a, up to a four player game, but with two people playing on one board, you might be able to get more. I can't remember exactly, but whatever. Um, yeah, Castles of Burgundy. Um, yeah, one of one of the older one of my one of my still one of my favorite euros. Um, and of course, a Feld. I had to have a Feld on here somewhere. Of course, so, <laughs> that's my number eight. Uh, I went with Small World. Oh, so yep. my choice for Small World was actually because of its simplicity, <clears throat> but entertainment value at the same time, and it can be played by people from like eight years old up. Yeah, that and one still is be entertaining, accessible. And it, yeah, yeah, and every time you play it, you can get a different mix. And I have, mm-hmm. I think, all but one of the expansions that they've released and like the underworld parts and stuff. I just right. have the top yeah. world stuff, but it it still gets playtime today. And it's mm-hmm. like one of the very first games that I purchased for myself. And the fact that it can still get pulled out today. And it's like, I've played it with a whole variety of people and all of them seem to gain enjoyment because it's competitive, but it's not a direct, like you always just do what's best for you. You're not trying yeah. to hurt anybody. Yeah, taking so stuff from yeah. People. So there's, that you can do a screw you component to the game, but you're you're going to lose if you do that mm-hmm. most often. Right. So, yeah, it's just a nice competitive fun game that is quick and very accessible to everybody. Yeah, that's one. It's been a while since I played that one because the last time I think I played it was at Kelsey's, our friend Kelsey's. Yeah. So it's been quite a while. Yeah. And yeah, it is a fun game. My number eight uh, from 2014, Dead of Winter. Mm. Mm, yep. I think I, I can't think of any other game that let's say would have introduced crossroads prior to that no it was the but, first that had a crossroads yeah but, that system yeah it was it was uh, pretty innovative at, mm-hmm. you know for that year and um i i still think it's you know you know out of the the tide of of zombie games out there i i think it's still uh i i think probably the best at capturing that um you know that existential dread during the game <laughs> of, yeah you know mm-hmm. whether you're going to survive. You know, I, I think better than than any other zombie game out there. So, excellent. Number seven. My number seven is from 2016, and it's <laughs> Arkham Horror: The Card Game. Um, it's the only I think Arkham game I got on my list, just based on years and other things that came out um, during the different years. But um, it, it, it's a really, it's fun, but it's it's also grueling. It definitely is. Um, even playing on the easy difficulty, it can be really hard to win a campaign on that one. Um, but there's so much replayability in it. Even going, redoing um, a campaign that you've totally lost on before, um, it's it's easy to um, to get back into it, take different characters, try different things out. Um, so it is, I think it's one of the best deck building like um living card games that they've produced like they've done some other great ones as well um and ones that i want to try but you know just the theme the flight you know how it feels when you're playing it um it just it's just a it's a great game and i I really enjoy it so that's my number seven uh i went with caverna the cave farmers Mm, caverna yeah yeah so uh this game for like a farming resource gathering type game was it it added just a small element of entertainment value that put it above other ones Mm -hmm. uh i liked the concept of building out your home inside the cave as well as expanding outside and clearing the forest and you know doing the farming and all that stuff so yeah it was a as a collection resource building type game i i think we competed compared it against agricola we did because mm-hmm. yeah same yeah designer same game just yeah it, a little different and both like decent designs this one won out because of theme for me yeah and he improved it quite a bit when, yeah when he went, he went to the like next wave which is caverna yeah so like just the art and the, mm-hmm. the play style and everything it was yeah just a decent game all around my number seven from 2018 was teotihuacan mm. And uh, we we didn't get a lot of plays into this. I I did play with some some other people that I know. Um, it I I kind of feel it's sort of the the younger sibling to Zolkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really really enjoyed the you know that sort of um, you know Aztec Inca Mayan you know theme that went along with it. Um, you know I, I think it was a bit easier to get 
to the table with other people than than maybe Zolkin was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not as deep a strategy there, but um, thematically, I I really enjoyed that. And um, who doesn't like building a pyramid? Yeah, or absolutely. Ziggurat, I should say. <laughs> that was yeah. one of the close ones for me too. It, it was um, I can't remember what year was that again? 2018. 20 yeah, because 2018. There was a lot of great games that came out in 2018. Yes. And yeah, it was it was a close one for 2018 for me. It definitely was. Okay. Uh, number six. My number six is from 2014, and it's Arcadia Quest. Um, this one is... Uh, a lot of the reason this one's probably... Uh, is on my list, I'm sure, is because just the, uh, the amount of times I've played it. I have a regular group that meets and we play it all the time. I know it's not a perfect game. Um, there's a lot of balance issues, especially with all the extra characters that they've released for it, you know, through Kickstarters and everything. But, you know, it's just a good, you know, evening of throwing dice and trying to kick each other's ass. <laughs> so it's just a, it's just a, it's, I don't know, I have a lot of fun with it. And that's, that's why I got on my list. Um, there were a lot of other, you know, great games that also came out in the same year. But, um, yeah, just, just for the sheer amount of times that I play it and, Still have tons of fun with it. I, I just had to had to go with it. So, yeah, Arcadia Quest was my number six. Uh, this is where I put Seven Wonders. Oh, so mm-hmm. much much the same reasons that you've listed for yeah. it. Uh, add in like the fact that it was like an originator, like it perfected this type of draft and pass mm-hmm. type concept with the development board and stuff. And while other people have tried to build off of it i still find this one probably the most entertaining of the mm-hmm. whole group of those types of games well at least for the ones i've played I, yeah. I mean there's probably something better out there by now maybe but yeah just it was easy to get to the table easy to teach uh fairly quick mm-hmm. overall and yeah it was quite fun my number six from 2018 was gugong ah okay uh, the, uh you know i i really enjoy that uh, you know, the, the, again, it was like Takedo. The the artwork was beautiful in the game. Um, like Randall, you had got the special edition of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything had this sort of like this gold sort of tinge to everything, and um, e- even the the non special edition that came out, the artwork was was fantastic for it. But like, I, I just almost couldn't get enough of playing that game when when you got your hands on that. It was that was so much fun to play that one. Yep. Um, had some really great elements in it. Um, you know, lots of ways to, to make points. It was, I, you know, almost a little Stefan Feldian in that sense, but I think you had a, you know, you had a mm-hmm. sense right from the beginning. Like it, it's not like Stefan Feld where you, you almost can't tell who's winning until, you know, you start tallying up. I think with Gugong, it wasn't quite that bad, but, but lots of ways to, um, you know, to advance through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, just a beautiful game and loads of fun to play. All right. Number five. My number five is from, uh, it's 2017 and it's Gloomhaven. So it got a little bit higher up on my list. Um, again, I think mostly because we've just played it so much and gotten so much out of the game that, yeah, it just, it just went a little bit higher for me. Um, yeah. Does it have issues? Sure. It does. You know, Absolutely. Um, there are some classes which are unplayable and some that are almost like gods. <laughs> um, but even with that, um, there's still, you know, there's so much replayability. And if, if you know, if, if, there, if we hated it so much, we wouldn't have played it 56 times. So, and we're, well, I mean, it's on our top 10 list. We don't hate it. It's yeah. just, no, we don't, we don't hate it at all. No, we're I'm still saying, playing it. We're still playing it. That's the thing. Like, even, <laughs> even though there's these issues, you know, with the game and, and some of the balance, you know, it hasn't driven us off. We, we still mm-hmm. play it. We're still playing it. You know, we, we go through breaks just because you know, when you play it 56 times, it, it, sometimes it gets a bit repetitive. It's good to take a break from it. You need it. to forget the rules a bit so it becomes challenging again. That, yeah. <laughs> so you're, not, you're not maximizing your turn every time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's my number five. Uh, for me, it was Lords of Waterdeep. Mm, okay. So, yeah, same. Uh, it needs the expansion. Uh, not. Yes. I don't like the the 
the non-scoundrel part that yeah i, I the like hero expansion or whatever it is yeah, yeah that, so not the one that gives you negative points because their beholder hero that was based off of it just absolutely sucks and i don't oh. think i've ever seen anybody win with that yeah he's too hard to play. he's too hard yeah. to play but for a point game it has a great theme it kind of just it feels like playing D anD D, even though it's just this higher yep. theme level of it. So yeah, I, I enjoy that game a lot, and it's still—I mean, I've owned that game for probably the entire decade almost mm-hmm. since it came out, and it gets played every year pretty consistently. Yep. So my number five was Yokohama from twenty sixteen. Yep. Yeah, I—I I, I don't know exactly what it is, why I like that one so much, but um, and and I I think our our the plays that we've had with it, I've, I've certainly shown I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's it's got some interesting um, mechanics in it that, yeah, I, I, I don't know, interesting, I guess, as, as we were to say about it. And um, yeah, I've just really enjoyed that one. Well, yeah, and what did we compare it against? We compared it to, uh... it wasn't Gugong, was it? No, uh, I don't think it was so. something else. I don't remember. What I don't remember. It to. What is the one where the watch uh, um, rotates through the city? You think of Yedo? I might have. Did been we compare one. it to Yedo? No, that doesn't make sense. Well, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll look it yeah, up. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> look on our website. Why I'm, I'm looking at your pile <laughs> of games. Looking at I'm trying to find games, it. Just like yeah. look it up. <laughs> Just look it up. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what we, we did compare it to something. Oh, we did compare it to Gugong. Yeah, we compared it to okay. Gugong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess which makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. like the, well, both had sort of a, an Asian flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It might it might have been a better comparison. With, so now with we have Yedo, to see though. if we can catch Drew if he actually said that Gugong was better in the <laughs> podcast and then flipped for this. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, this did go higher than Gugong on, on his list, so I, I'm pretty well, sure. Here's the difference: Yokohama I own might have Yokohama. won that one. Yeah, I think so Randall too. owns Gugong. That's true. So <laughs> it is. My stuff's always better. Yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> number four. My number four is um, from 2018. No, no, 2019. Let me, my, my mistake. 2019, and it's Escape Plan. Uh, this is a Vidal Lacerda game. Um, we've we've done a few of his games before. He's the designer behind Vinos, which we compared against. Um, Viticulture, yeah, and he, he and he's done. He does a lot of really heavy um, Euro games, so like um, Vinos, The Gallerist, um, uh, Lisboa. Um, so the, these are really really heavy games, and I, I enjoy his games. But typically, I find his games, I, 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 I find that the theme gets lost in the mechanics of the game. Like I, I find I'm playing the game and and trying to maximize my turns, but I'm I'm not thinking of the theme at all. Escape plan changed all that. It's still it's still a little heavy. Like it's still one of it, part. It's probably his lightest game in my opinion from the ones that I've played. And it's this whole thing where you're all um, gangsters or criminals or whatever, and um, you're trying to escape the city. You're trying to get to your caches and 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 get as much money as you can together before trying to escape from the city before the cops um, close in on you. So it's a I got to play it for the first time just a few months ago at um at Kefcon, one of our uh, local gaming events, and I just I just love the hell out of it. It's just a great game. Again, his design is always um top-notch so like really well-designed game really good components everything's just beautiful about it it's just for me it's it's, i think his first game that i've played that the theme really came through it actually felt like i'm trying to escape this city before the cops get me and you know my going around trying to grab the cash just felt real so yeah, that's um, that's why I made my my list for this year. And you and you felt like like with Vinos that you that you lost the theme. Yeah, and Vinos, uh, I know I'm, it's all I'm, about I'm kicking myself. I had had an opportunity to pick it up because it's it's such an expensive game. It, it really is. is. Yeah, and I had an opportunity uh, once to to get it at, at a really good price, and I just I didn't bite on it, and I'm really kicking myself mm. because it was. Um, I, I thought when when we 
when we played it and we compared it to Viticulture, yep. I, I really enjoyed the complexity of it. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and it's a, it's a course, really well-designed yeah. game. Yeah. It's just I find that with his games that tend to be so heavy that I'm too busy thinking about how I can best you know, maximize my churn mm-hmm. um, for points, then I'm not really thinking about, oh, I want to make a red wine because, you know, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I, the theme for me, I lose the theme when I play his games. Um, but this is the first one where I, I didn't. So that's uh, my number four. Now, mine, I cheated a little bit here. Uh-oh. That's okay. Because it's kind of four games all in one, in a <laughs> sense. <laughs> so it's uh, Imperial Assault and Descent. Mm. But the, oh, the okay. caveat here is that it's the app that makes these games as high as they are. So the reason I say it's four games is they're very different games without the app mm-hmm. and can be a very grueling and punishing experience, both games, with the one versus four portion. And with Imperial Assault, the skirmish version was interesting, but they've kind of upgraded to Legion now and left this one behind. So yeah. it, it's probably a little harder to find now. But with the app, it completely rejuvenated uh, Imperial Assault for me. Mm-hmm. It it lacks some things that I really wish they would have stuck in, like side missions. Because the Descent app has those side missions when you do a campaign. But it's just fun to play a Star Wars-themed game where your hero's going through trying to do objectives yeah. to me. So uh, the reason I put them both here is it, I think it would leave it up to the people buying which theme they like better because sure. they play very similarly mm-hmm. just be warned the descent app is a little more grueling and there's ways if you if you don't police yourself you can break it right a right. lot easier with the descent app mm. but yeah other than that it, it got high grades for me here because of the amount we have played it in skirmish yeah uh the one versus four campaigns that we've played through and then after i thought i wouldn't touch it again they brought out legends of the alliance app and I've played through both campaigns that they've released for that recently and got it like to the table quite a few hours now mm-hmm. that we just like we just finished the Jabba's Realm mm-hmm. campaign that they put in. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. a lot of hours in that game. Oh, yeah. We, I, I was, that was the other game. The game I played the most, I was looking at my plays, and out of all the games I've played, it was like around 122 plays of this. And it's it pretty, pretty closely evenly split between. <laughs> skirmish plays and campaign plays you know going through and that was before we had the app so that was all the old style campaign where it was one against everybody so and the campaign like if you can get equally matched players so like the imperial player can be a little better than the four because there's always a disadvantage of your own like you're by yourself and they can kind of take advantage of faults on your strategy but if, if everyone's kind of equal the campaign is a little closer that it's when you get a little bit of imbalance that it starts to really just snowball and but other than that yeah there, there's hours of play in this game still mm-hmm. so yeah it's just probably hard coffee, to find yeah now. getting a new well they're probably Descent still, is still fine yeah because that one they still release stuff for it yeah they well, do because they don't really have anything that competes with it no because whereas you know imperial assault that came out with the legion and I think that sort of dried Imperial Assault up. And, and, and they tried to go the whole competitive route with Imperial Assault, and it just didn't really take off. Like, in some areas, you know, it did pretty well at first, but then, yeah, it sort Then of it just became died. power creep, and that killed yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of power creep. And, yeah. But whereas Descent, it's it's the only fantasy-based one. Um, it doesn't have a skirmish mode, like yeah. the Imperial Assault. It's always the yeah. campaign or the app at this point, yeah. I guess. And, I mean, it's got a bit more, how do you put it, kind of bad mechanics in it in a way. Like the Imperial Assault, you could move through enemies by spending more movement points and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. In Descent, it was like if you had a the monster controller, I I forget what they call Overlord or whatever. Right. uh, If you have someone that knows what they're doing. He can just block things off with his monsters to make it impossible to complete things Mm, and stuff like that. So Descent as a one versus four game has issues. I only enjoy playing it now with the app just Mm -hmm. because of these issues that we found while playing it. But Imperial Assault, I enjoyed both Mm -hmm. ways. So 
That's my four. My number four from 2015 is Viticulture. Mm. Any, anything about making booze. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and it, I think it was even the one that won our comparison. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it just, out of the two, like, like I said, I, I really enjoyed Vinos, but, uh, Viticulture, I think is, is more accessible. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's easier to get that at table. It's, it's less punishing for people, you know, coming into the game new. Um, and, uh, and when this was another one where, you know, the, the very next year they brought out the Tuscany expansion and, um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, that's just a, a I think a, a really great game. <laughs> number three my number three is from 2015 um and it is tricarion legends of illusion and i don't believe either of you had a chance to try this one no, yet. no. i don't um it's uh the designer is um richard amon and victor peter there's two of them uh, i believe that they've been uh responsible for a few other games that i really enjoy as well um so it's another uh, euro style game um, I just want to double check something here. Oh no, that's one picture he's of it. Done. Um, yeah, he's also did a, an acrony. So, um, do I have a just picture? Just look of it? it up. Yeah, just look it up. Um, but it's a, uh, it's it's the whole premise of it. Um, everybody are uh, you're all stage magicians, and the point of the game is you're preparing to um, do your tricks. So you have assistants. It's a worker placement game. So you're sending them out into the town. There's different areas of town you can send them to to either um, get new tricks for you to learn, get you materials for the tricks you want to perform. Um, if you're playing with the um, the Dark Alley expansion, which is recommended, like uh, it adds just a little bit extra to the game, which makes it a little bit more uh, interesting. Um, there's um, different things you can get from the Dark Alley, which will help things out as well. And then there's a whole aspect of setting up your uh, your tricks on your player board, like um, getting them all ready to go. And then once you have the trick ready, um, going to the theater and setting up a day for it. So you have to like choose a day that you're going to perform the trick and um, other people can try to get in on, um, on your tricks as well. So like in the stage, there's like the four different days. Like it was like um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, you'll, um, you could set, you have the way the game plays is you can set up more tricks if you, um, if you're preparing on a Thursday, but you'll get paid more if you, uh, if you perform on a Saturday kind of thing. So you have to choose how you're going to set your tricks up and, and when you're going to perform them. Um, and it's, it's just a, there's, you know, there's a lot of a balance to it. And so the whole point of the game is obviously to get points. It's just a point game. But um, it's just a really fun, really enjoyable um, worker placement style game. And yeah, it's definitely one I, I want to get a hold of and definitely introduce to everybody because um, it's just a, just a really fun game. And they've come up with some new expansions for it, which add some more things to it. Um, more modes, I guess you could say. I'm not sure. Or more features. But yeah, Tricarion, um, Lord, uh, Legends of Illusion. Uh, I went with Shadows of Brimstone. So mm. I haven't gotten to play this game in a few years because mm. I uh, chose to invest in a different game. <laughs> but this game was a very close competitor with that one and carries a high price point as well because mm -hmm. it's miniatures and stuff. But the elements of it where you, you know, you start in a town with an adventuring group, kind of the uh, Deadlands type theme where it's like Western with sort of a magic kind of thing going on and a kind of mystical aspect to it. And your your characters can level and progress and you're fighting monsters and dungeons to get a valuable resource to fuel technology and prosperity in your town and stuff. So it, it's kind of that nice mix of adventure and horror almost with character progression in a campaign type setting. So I really enjoyed this. It was just, you know, have to choose between two high mm, price yeah. point games the other one won out so uh my number three and this is where where ashley i'm sure would uh go after me for changing my tune because <laughs> I, I think when we did the comparison i came down on the side of of agricola but uh caverna is my number three <laughs> um 
I, I don't I don't know if we if we went back whether or not I'd I'd still pick Agricola as my as the better of the two. But so much of, of this I think you know, like I said, comes down to can you get it out to the table and can you get it played with, with people? And I I do have a much easier time getting people to play Caverna than Agricola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. I I, I think you know whether I agree with it or not. It I, I think a lot of people see what you what you saw in the game, and that there mm-hmm. there was some improvements made. That there was, uh, you know, there was a, a little bit of shift in the in the theme that made it. I don't know, just a, a little bit more appealing to people. Um, it's a little more cartoony, almost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, yeah. And I think maybe it's that it, it's a, there's there's an element of humor in, yeah. in some of it. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, people just seem to gravitate towards that a bit better, and so yeah, I've I've had much better success getting that out to the table than Agricola. But sure, um, so yeah, that's my number three. All right, number two. My number two is from 2018, and it's Gugong. <laughs> so yeah, while well, you had your Gugong and then Yokohama, I have my Gugong a lot higher up on my list. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of my favorite games. You know, obviously production was just fantastic when, mm-hmm. you, when you get the the deluxe edition but it's still one that i can get to the table i still enjoy playing it i'll um whenever there's like a convention coming along and i have an opportunity to teach a game um i'll, I'll try to get gugong out there just so i can get more people into it because i just love the game it's wonderful yeah so it, it is definitely one of my favorites and so that's how it made it all the way up to number two uh mine's more of a miniature game but it's a hybrid it's blood bowl Mm. So I I mostly get my Blood Bowl fix now through computer games when mm. I want to play it because there's not the biggest league presence in our city where yeah. we are for yeah. this game. But this game hits all the bases for me. And it, it's got brutal deaths and stuff to, like, valuable players. There's player growth. There's easy campaign, like, uh ways to do campaigns with a simple league setup and it's got humor mm-hmm. it's a good two versus two competitive game that can be frustrating as hell but when something comes off that you just like a hail mary play to break through to score in the last turn type thing it just it gives you that sense of excitement that not a lot of other tabletop sports type games do for me so yeah this one here i i think Basically, if it's going to hit my uh, top, there's got to be like player development and character development, and Blood Bowl hits that perfect mm-hmm. for me. Team management, player management, and then you know having to worry about each game separately depending on your opponent changes everything about the game. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing dwarfs, you have to play it differently than you play elves or chaos or whatever. So, and I prefer the living rule book version of this game i've seen the new releases that they did in the past decade right and i still prefer the living rule book six i believe it was that i used the most well, i wasn't even aware of this so what's the living rule book? uh it was the games workshop sort of discontinued this game they stopped yeah. supporting it but there was a community like the lead designer of the game i believe he was lead designer he, okay. he continued working on it yeah. with uh, community input so the game stayed alive through this kind of an advancement behind the scenes through the act people who actually love the game helping develop it to a refined state so it just kind of hit this point of a pretty decent balance and it was just called living rule books because it was kind of like this open source right. you could just download it off the internet and play it as long as you had miniatures for it or whatever something to yep. represent your teams so yeah it was they've released games workshop since it became a computer game and had some success there, realized they could make money at it again, mm-hmm. re-released it, changed some rules in a way that I don't agree with. But the hey, usual. it no. it, mm-hmm. it made it kind of mainstream again for a bit and people were getting into it again, which was nice because it is a game that deserves more time like or more, more recognition for what it brings mm-hmm. to the sort of a sports-themed game. Because it's fantasy and sports combined. But yeah, it, it's just a nice, bloody, entertaining experience all around. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. when that when that first came out. Um, oh yeah, it's been out for like oh. 30, 40 years now. Yeah. It oh was, yeah, it was I, had, so I had the original version. Yeah. yeah. With the, uh, the foam 
um yeah it looked pitch. like yeah yeah it looked it was made out of foam but it was it looked like granite it looked like yeah. stone yeah it was yeah. that was such a great game Mm-hmm. And and actually, when when I when I knew that you were starting to play that again, I, I was so tempted. But we had <laughs> just spent so much money on Imperial Assault, yes. <laughs> and you know, o- only for basically that to to stop, you know, in its tracks. Yeah. And I just did not want to go down that that rabbit hole again of buying, you know, team after team after team. Mm-hmm. But but you're right, like that is. Blood Bowl has has always been like a, a really fun game to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and, and I mean, if if you don't want to invest too much money into it, it's a game where you can spend and spend yeah. and spend sure. as every new team. But if you just specialize in one, well, one team, maybe yeah. two teams just for a variety, the price point. Well, it's Games Workshop. The price point's going to be high it's either way. But there's a lot of um, third party miniatures out there because the mm-hmm. game was unsupported for so long mm. at a cheaper price point that are also uh, excellent miniatures. Mm. So, I mean, there are different ways to play this game. You don't have to go with the official Games Workshop licensed product yeah. just because they let it lapse for so long and other companies picked up the slack. And it, it's surprising to me that Games Workshop was so daft in dropping the ball with this game yeah. because it... No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. There was actually, yeah. but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I ruined your joke. Yeah, but Drew. it... It just, the fact that people were so passionate about it, they made mm-hmm. online versions of this game before they even were allowed to license it yep. to play for real. They just changed the names of what was going on and used the exact rules to make uh, like a browser game out of this before Cyanide made their version of the game. Mm-hmm. And they're di- mm-hmm. hence different, like their upgraded version to number two and stuff like that. So I don't get games workshops motivation of dropping this game but probably you know they, it's back well, because probably because of the the whole point is if you just buy it like with with their other games you, when you buy an army there's always releasing new stuff for the army yeah and there's a lot to an army where you're buying all these different types of troops so Whereas they're not milking you for they're not hundreds and hundreds yeah. of dollars every other month once it's you get just... a team together then maybe you'll buy like a, a few special players here and there but it's not the same as having to buy a whole squad for your army and mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. true that yeah. is true but still kind of a daft move on like yeah. that even the licensing it to be made into a computer game earlier mm-hmm. cuz that like cyanide actually had to go to court with them cuz work games workshop was like you know you're not allowed to make a game like blood bowl in a computer format because cyanide originally was trying to get the license and they kept saying no so they went ahead and made a game mm-hmm. that was blood bowl but name something else yeah. so then they kind of forced games workshop to give them the license when games workshop sued them mm, and it just it, it ended up turning out to be a massive success even with uh-huh. the variations that the computer game had to do to make it function properly yeah. and the bugs and stuff in it. it it like i was in a league with that one and then blood bowl two for a bit for a good five six years i think mm, yeah so i mean a lot of playability. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Excellent. Okay. My number two, Gloomhaven. Mm. <laughs> um, yep. I, I think it's already been said. There, there's definitely flaws. Yeah. Uh, the Sirlock's binding is terrible. There was uh, some some of the your oh the pages of the oh uh, yes. the campaign log the campaign yeah. log and, and uh, yeah. some of the gluing that was coming done. Uh, there's flaws in the, in the rules. There's um yeah like uh, as you said some of the characters are gods some of them are are horrible um but at the same time there is so much like there's just such a great volume of stuff in that game the number of of missions and you know um the road events and the city events and and you know the retiring characters and starting new characters and there's just so much to this game that you know i i I mean it's it's probably the longest Mm -hmm. running game that i've ever been involved in oh absolutely well and 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 there's still more to come like we're just we're not done yep and to be fair like you guys both placed it higher than mine but i've played this game twice as much as you guys campaigns so I've been subjected to the faults <laughs> subject a, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And it it weighed on me a little bit. If I if I had only played one one campaign through yeah. kind of thing cuz well, mm-hmm. uh, partially through cuz I haven't finished either campaign. Yeah, we haven't finished but ours yet either. It, yeah. it would make a 
it would made a better diff like it would have gone higher on my list if i hadn't played yeah. it and it's ironic that mm -hmm. the more i play it the less i like this game which is not something you want to see in a game yeah, yeah. but at, at the same time uh i i think you and and marcus are are like, like you guys are mechanics with with games like you will yeah. you will dissect <laughs> the 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 strategies and the rules and and the the point systems and and so you're you're a little bit of a victim of of your own making in, in a way that like maybe like, a little. like that's not a criticism. Like you guys just, you guys see this stuff a lot easier mm -hmm. and be, you know, in, in a lot of cases, cause you're looking for, for um, you know, ways to, to maximize your performance in the games. Well, we do have to make up for Drew's contribution in loom. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't blame us for being a little bit of mitigation. Right. No. <laughs> um, well, that's fine. I just won't put up any songs next time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just think like for for the sheer volume that you get in this game, mm -hmm. like the the price point was was quite high. Yeah, yeah, it was a price like game. for for a game. Yep. But I I think realistically you've got oh all the money back. Yeah, you know, like in the number for of plays. price per play. Crazy. There are games where I've spent probably as much and played it not even a tenth of the yeah amount. yeah yep. like so. at this point it's it's you know yeah. pennies a game almost yeah now. yeah you can't but, go wrong for the amount yeah. of content yeah um yeah and, and i mean it's and it's not all bad like that that's no. the thing too it's like no. like it's it's bit i think it's been fun playing it mm -hmm. definitely so yeah i i think it you know yes it's it's got it's riddled with flaws, but it's also riddled with good content. And well, I can't even tell you guys the thing that pisses me off the most about the game because no. you don't you you We're haven't there yet? been there as yeah. in well, and I don't think you'll ever see it if I'm being honest. Because the only reason I saw it was because in the other campaign, uh, one of the players I was with got irritated at the kind of bullshit around this <laughs> and just looked it up online nah. so i i learned about it and then i was just like the person who needs to just who made this game the designer needs a good kick in the head right now for what he's done <laughs> nah. and it lowered my opinion of the game a lot mm -hmm. but Is it's still on my top corrected? 10 list no mm -hmm. can't house rule it in, in no. any way or no yeah. it, okay. it has to do with a specific character mm -hmm. and it's not okay. something you can do it, it was just um Starting so, so the way that Tom Bombadil ruined Lord of the Rings, yes, yeah, no <laughs> something way. like that, or, we, we or can, Tolkin. We, can discuss we won't that get into that campaign. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew that was a, a particular string to pull there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's still. I think it says a lot that it's still made my top ten list, yeah. and it's made both of your top ten lists mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously, it it is worth the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. And uh, finally, number one. My number one is the one departure I had on my list from a standard board game. Um, it's, no, it's still a game you play around a table, uh, but it's um, 2013's Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Just, you know, it, it's it's the one that really revitalized Dungeons & Dragons. It, it brought it back from the disaster that was 4th mm -hmm. Edition. Um, it took <laughs> disaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's putting it mildly. Well, you know, we still had a lot of fun with fourth edition. We did, but yeah, it, yeah, it was. But then role playing is about your players and yeah. DM, not not really about the mechanics. It's not a video game. Yeah, yeah. and fourth but edition right. was very much a video it, game. You know, they I, I think they were able to breathe a lot of new life into this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and, it, and it wasn't yeah. just about you know um, you know revising the combat system. Mm -hmm. They they brought amazing artwork into the into the new oh, just the, new the books. rule books alone yeah um and you know, so much effort into mm -hmm. uh D, D beyond that alone uh, D, D beyond was a, mean, is a great resource yeah. you know it sure costs money it, it's not a cheap resource nope but it um if if you're if D, &D is, is something you're really into it's it's a good investment it, but and, yeah. and you can see like this is a serious mm -hmm. effort yeah. To to make this, you know, to bring this into, you know, sort of a modern, uh, you know, modern age. And, yeah. and you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I've definitely gotten so much play out of it. Um, I've, I've been in a continuing campaign for, you know, quite a long time. Ashley ran a campaign that we mostly finished. <laughs> yeah, it was done. It was done. We just, <laughs> yeah. we just didn't... Um, you, just, you guys decided to succeed, have a nap finished. in the dungeon or something, yeah, I believe. that's it. But, um, yeah, with the faults aside, because it seems like all their released 
um, campaign content does have a lot of faults. Like when you're going through their 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 modules and such, um, if you're just if you're just solely judging it based on that content, yeah, you might have some issues with it. But you don't have to because you know there's tons of people who who just do their own homebrew campaigns based around it. Um, if you go to the uh, the D and D guild or whatever on on um, TSR or TSR. Wizards of the Coast site. (laughs) Um, There's so much um, material that just people out out there just release and and publish online Mm -hmm. that you can find any number of campaigns that um, are are well designed. You're going to find some crap out there too. Sure, but it's just just the the nature of of the of the um, of D and D. You know, just you just take what you will, even you know, modify it how you will, and just have fun. And so, yeah, that was why I, I think it, it was just my obvious number one choice. I had to throw a role-playing game on there, and, and that, it had to be that one. Yeah, it just, that's my number one. See, I, I, I contemplated putting D&D on my list. Yeah. Uh, I erred on the side of going more towards board games because D&D is, mm-hmm. it is completely dependent on the people around you. Sure. What D&D is. And I mean, fifth edition, like all the other, well, except for fourth edition, like all the other editions has a few flaws that can weigh it down. If you get the type of players that are going to focus on Mm -hmm. the power levels and the things like that. But yeah, it, it, it definitely contemplated sticking that on Mm -hmm. my list as well. I don't think I would have placed it one because I'm sure you know where my number one is going. (laughs) Oh, So, uh, yeah, my number one is Kingdom Death Monster, of course. (laughs) Uh, This is a game that, since I purchased it, I have played consistently. The only times I have taken breaks from this game is if I'm, like, waiting for uh, the next wave of the the Kickstarter to come. So I don't Mm want to be in the middle of a campaign when I get new material that's going to improve the game. And for the most part, when he has brought out new material, it has improved the game. So I've played through the base game probably a good five or six times with oh, wow. various people. Yeah. Um I know we started it a few times but never got very far. Yeah. We, well we Which we'd need to. <laughs> we kinda got like sidetracked at various times and like we've yeah. been pretty good at focusing on Gloomhaven, but I've been surprised that we've been able to focus Gloomhaven yeah. as well as we have. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, this one like I said, the main campaign five or six times. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the process of going through it again with uh, some relatives mm-hmm. and like just putting in different monsters that I got as expansions to try it a different way. And then there's like two other campaigns, full campaigns with different creatures that I've gotten that I've played through. And it's a type of game where I say I've played it to completion six times, but completion can be getting wiped out. And mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it whether I've won or lost. It it has just it covers all the bases again for me of character de- development. Characters are expendable, and if you get attached, you're just going to spend a lot of time crying about it. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to treat them as resources and get used to it. But it can be so devastating when you've been you know building a character for so long and then you get unlucky but it just it adds that element of it's supposed to be like that you're supposed to feel that loss for your settlement so i think it adds to the game when you lose things like that and the monster ai is just so well done in most cases Mm. there there are some flaws here i'm not gonna lie there there are some cards that like there was an infinite loop in the early game that he corrected with an update Mm. that if if that card came up at the wrong time he would just kill everybody because it was an infinite loop he'd just pull it and then go back in the deck and he'd pull it immediately again because it was just he kept drawing it over and over again and like the card just would kill your entire group and there's nothing you could do about it right so there there were some flaws but overall this game it, it has like city development it has hunt phase where you're exploring trying to find the creature you're hunting then you have to fight these creatures and you get to pick the difficulty level you're fighting based off of how much risk you want to put into this and then you get the monster you take the resources if you win and you build it to make yourself more powerful so it's just it it has all these elements that it combines like three very popular computer games almost and puts it into a very well 
run game from the like uh ai perspective so yeah I, i've i can't see myself stopping playing this game mm-hmm. anytime soon i have probably be playing it for years considering i'll be waiting for the next <laughs> more content wave <laughs> for the content this coming december so yeah. yeah like it just it gets a lot of play for me a lot heavy investment for price but worth it for me Excellent. considering how much i played it yeah and we definitely i want to get a campaign into that because I, I know we started it and i we never did finish it and then once we get gloomhaven done I'd like to get back into that. So in 10 years. Yeah, in 10 years, when, when, when you have all your content. Yeah, exactly, exactly, when the last Kickstarter finishes finally. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, my number one uh, will probably come as no surprise, since I I've, I talk about it incessantly, uh, is Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, uh, Die I was Hasbro. told to say that for my number one. <laughs> Die Hasbro. Yeah. You should be punished for what you've done. Uh, no, my number one uh, from 2012 is Zolkin. Zolkin, yep. Uh, you know, again, this is this is one of these games I'm horrible at, but there, I, I'm committed that before I, I, you know, find my way to the grave, that I'm I'm going to learn one of these games and figure them out. <laughs> um, but it, I, I don't know. There, there's just something about Zolkin. You know, I I've never seen a game when when that came out with. Uh, you know, the, like the calendar that was tied into, yeah. um, you know, the, the harvesting and and you know feeding your people, and it was just in 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 a little bit of way, it was it was it was a grind, you know, like you like you'd see in a lot of the you know Eldritch Arkham, you know, kind of stuff that you, you just almost feel like you can never quite get ahead. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, there, there's so much you know unique there. Um, having that actual like the, the moving gears on the board that you know control the calendar, loads of ways for you to you know strategies that you can you can go after to uh, you know to get your points. Whether you're you know I'm, oh I'm going after the crystal skulls, oh I'm going after you know the the um, you know the buildings. Uh, there was just so much there, it's like loads of strategies to go after, um, and I said just uh, unique mechanics in in the way that the like the calendar moves in that game. Yep. Um, yeah, I like that I game too. Thoroughly enjoy that game. It's it's yeah, it's I, I have yet to crack that nut, but it is it is my favorite game over the last ten years. Yeah. Excellent. And there you have it. Those are our top ten our top ten lists for the last ten years, whether it be games came out in the last ten years, the most games we've played in the last ten years, or what have you, that's our lists. Um, do you agree with our lists? Do you, um, do you have any comments on our lists? You know, reach out to us. You know, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us from our website. You can get us through our guild on Board Game Geek. Um, you know, we have an email address so you can you can send stuff to. But however you want to do it, you know, just just send us a note saying um, what were your favorite games from the last ten years because we'd love to love to hear it. Um, but for now, uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us at our site, www.boardnowgaming.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Check out our, we have a subreddit, a subreddit on Reddit. And um, if you're not subscribed to us, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or CastBox or Google Play. You can get us on all of those. We have a link to our guild on our website. So you can always reach us there and we always post our show notes on there as well. Um, but anyways, until next time. Thanks for uh, listening, and keep on gaming. Good night. Board now.